0: Talking about the death of a loved one is often very hard to do. And sometimes we feel like we shouldn't really be talking about it. It's a burden on other people. Well, our next guest on 40N is Ashley Crown, founder and MD of the Eternity Group, a memorial funeral service. He talks about why he started the business and his vision for a UK grief network. Welcome, Ashley, to 4TN. How are you today?
1: I am very good, Ali. Thank you very much.
0: Good, good. So we're here today to talk about the Eternity Tree, which I believe you started a couple of years ago, didn't you?
1: Yes, I did. Uh, the, the company came about um, through personal loss, funny enough. My, my mother died on Good Friday just over two years ago. And we had her cremated. She'd been she suffered with dementia for a while, and funny enough, I'll mention that again later on when we talk about loss, because it was an important it was an important juncture for me really there. But we had her cremated, and then we picked up the ashes. and My uh, sister and my dad didn't want them on view, so my mother was shoved to the back of the garage for a couple of months, and then eventually we decided to scatter her on Russell Beach in. Cleveland's uh, on the final coast where she grew up and she loved it there. She used to go and sit there in the summer. If we had have had YouTube or Facebook at the time and videoed it, I would have been able to retire by now because my sister decided to scatter my mum upwind and ended up wearing most of my mother. So, and again, I, you see, you see the smile. So it was, it was comical because I think the words that came out of my mouth was something along the lines of you bloody idiot Um, but she scattered and wore my mother and then was spitting my mother out of her mouth and dusting down and I went for a drink afterwards and had my usual Guinness and sat there and thought this is so undignified people do this you know what what the hell we've had no direction of anybody nobody said right now that you've got the ashes what are you going to do with the ashes Mm -hmm. and everything's all about with death and with funerals, everything seems to be all about, right, let's get the body done and get it dealt with and then, you know, deal with it yourself afterwards. So I started looking into ashes. It was then that I found out, and it was, a, it was a BBC article, actually, that stated from about 2018, 2019, that there were nearly quarter of a million sets of unclaimed ashes on funeral directors' shelves around the country. So that's a quarter of a million people who have died and nobody's picked them up nobody wants anything to do with them or they don't know what to do with them. Yeah, so I did, it's
0: I did it's not research. It's like a grave, so to speak, is it? Ashes.
1: Yeah, and but ashes are, it's kind of, we, I, th- I think the, the ashes are, it's, uh, it's endemic really of what's happened with funerals over the last 200 years. If you consider 200 years ago, we didn't have mobile phones, we didn't have phones, we didn't have televisions. Mm-hmm technology's moved on and the world's moved on funeral directors haven't as a great as a general rule I've come across funeral directors that don't even have an email address or a website and they've they've passed down from generation to generation and the grandfather did things a certain way the father did things a certain way so the children do the same and 50 years ago even 90 percent of funerals ended in a burial in, in 2021, 96% of all, cremation, of all funerals this year will be cremations. So that's moved, but the industry hasn't moved to take heed of that. So when somebody gets buried, they've got a gravestone. And you've got a stonemason who puts on the words that you want, and then you go and visit it on Father's Day or Mother's Day or wherever. Mm-hmm. People go and they visit the grave and they put flowers on. When somebody's cremated, what where's the, where's the memorial for that person? where's the sign that that person actually walked this planet there isn't anything so yeah,
0: no, there isn't so this is where the the eternity tree grew from basically so i, I, mean, I do
1: I, like the problem there yeah <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, I, I,
1: yeah
0: I, it, I, it's um i i completely understand i mean i've lost both my parents and they were cremated mm-hmm. Mom actually a similar story to, to yours and your sister my mum actually ended up in the garden scattered all over the flowers which was lovely in a way mm-hmm. you know I mean it, it's just really it came out of I didn't really know where to put her so to speak.
1: No and the other thing as well and you, an interesting point you mentioned there that people tend to scatter one of the biggest when we did our research one of the biggest things that people said was they would like to be returned to nature Hmm. which is quite an important phrase. They want to go back in the ground, so to speak. If you sprinkle ashes on your grass, you will end up with stains and you will end up with dead grass, pretty much like you would do if you had a female dog and the female dog peed on the grass. It's very so alkaline. Is,
0: because, is it because, you know, when, you know, they're, they're kind of put in the, go through the crematorium service? Should we yeah. say, actually there it's the chemicals that they're using within that no, no it's nothing
1: it's the ashes are made up of nearly 60 percent is sodium content right. so think salt so yeah. i i liken it really to uh, ashes are very similar to uh, salt mines and if you can imagine a limestone slab if you put ashes if you dug a hole and poured ashes into the ground mm-hmm. covered them up opened it back up 10 years later you would have a white blob right uh, because it's the sodium and the nitrogen and the phosphorus and the all those all the bits potassium everything goes to create a limestone slab so it's not going to move so people and there are people doing this now we've had people saying oh i just dug a hole put the ashes in and put a tree on top a the limestone slab will just sit there it won't move and B, the roots will either, if they grow into the ashes, it will kill or stop the tree from growing. But most likely the roots so will grow away.
0: So it's not environmentally no, it friendly? It no, environment. it isn't.
1: And there's there's mm-hmm. there's areas of the Lake District now that are banning uh, ash, ashes scattering. And you'll people can Google it and see different stories, partly because people are just throwing the scatter tubes away and the plastic away and not caring about the environment, but partly as well because the ashes are actually killing moss And grass and birds, uh, bird populations are diminishing because the birds can't make the the, the nests anymore. So I looked at all that and I thought well most people are worried about the environment to some extent, as says me driving you know a car, a a non-electric car, but people are worried about the environment. They want to be returned to nature so I looked and I found a way of doing that which was the eternity seed which is the unique bio-neutralizing urn where we pour the ashes into the urn It looks like an acorn, and if anyone's not sure, think of the great film Ice Age with that little creature chasing the acorn around and getting frozen with it. It looks like one of those. That goes in the ground. We grow our own trees. Our trees are grown specifically in what's called a cell grown format. So they're in a little pod. And when they're put in the ground, the roots grow directly straight into the ashes. It's turned into a compost by the urn. And the ashes, it's the only way you are genuinely going to get ashes growing up into a tree and actually helping that tree grow. So when that tree is three, four years old, five years old, you actually have a living memorial to that loved one in front of your eyes. And you can watch them grow every year. You can watch them flower every year. You can trim them. Um, we've had some people that funny enough have grandmas that have been turned into apple trees and they can they can take the apple tree apples off the apple tree every year and make an apple pie, thinking of the grandma A lot of people like the cherry blossom or the oak tree. Uh, We now have the smaller trees as well that go into a little planter, which is a 40-litre planter. So if somebody doesn't have a garden and they have a yard or a balcony, you can actually uh, have my father, for example, who died at Christmas. He's now two red robins. So he's two small miniature red robins, which is a lovely, uh, lovely short tree. And my sister, it's helped her enormously um, because she was very reliant on my father. And she sits and talks to him. I get texts frequently, which can be seen as maybe a bit nutty, uh, saying I've been having a chat with Dad and he's doing well. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's, it's given her a tremendous sense of him still being there. And he's, it's like a new... A
0: word, it, it, it is.
1: It's a new life for him. It's a new life. And he's, he's bringing oxygen back to the planet. And he's there. And as a memorial, he's there. I looked at the cost of the typical memorial plot now and a two foot by two foot plot where we were looking to put in my dad originally is over 2,000 pounds and that's just for 10 years rent. And then in another 10 years time, we'd have to pay another 2,000 pounds or maybe two and a half or 3,000 pounds. And for the average person, that's a hell of a lot of money when you consider the average funeral is now 4,000 pounds.
0: Yes, that's true. But I mean, you know, if it does give people peace of mind and I mean, that's the thing to be honest, really honest, That's why neither of my parents, I mean, they were both cremated, have really got any sort of resting place. Well, my mum ended up, as I said, in the front garden, but my father was actually cremated in Scotland in the Highlands. So I had this whole situation where I had one part of the funeral in the crematorium, then I had the next part of the funeral and memorial service in the lowlands. And, you know, living in, in the home counties, it was just like a really big mission to to actually you know put my father to rest so his ashes in the end I couldn't get from the crematorium in the highlands because my schedule was so tight so I had to drive all the way down to the lowlands so yeah I do understand that it's such a sensitive subject death isn't it and I just really don't think that people really talk about it enough.
1: It is well funny enough that's why we've launched the Eternity Grief Network Hmm. um and I've been chatting with a few grief counsellors today uh, people now the um was it this week or was it last week with mental health awareness week uh, I think it was it was last week awareness. wasn't it uh, my my mind going I call it age <laughs> senility whichever you want to call it uh, so mental health awareness week people are talking now about mental health People, over the last few years people uh, everyone's talked about men with prostate cancer and testicular cancer to, and they're having those conversations but still in the 21st century when there's one thing that everybody's guaranteed to happen in their lifetime everyone is going to die nobody talks about it nobody no. has that conversation and no. i the personal experience i had with my mother even though she had dementia and she was in a dementia home and i mean my, my beautiful mum withered away to next to nothing, four and a half stone when she died. Because we hadn't had that conversation about the death, mm-hmm. when it came, it was it was a shock to everybody. And I did sort of say, uh, the day it happened, I said, I don't know, I were all so bloody surprised. It's been a year and a half this has been going on. We knew it was going to happen. But you didn't have that conversation. With my father, though, this year, because we had a funeral planning in place for him and I'd sat down with him, Talk to him although a pair of us had sick sense of humor so we used to wind my sister up enormously by saying how about you push me off the top of Blackpool Tower and so on but we'd had that conversation made a bit of light of it but he'd said I don't want the two of you grieving I want you to carry on it'll make me happy knowing that your lives are good and you're gonna you're gonna carry on I don't want breakdowns I don't want tears so when it happened we didn't have tears we didn't have breakdowns we spoke about it And it was almost like we knew dad wanted to go and so the grief network what we're trying to do we're working with celebrants a network of celebrants across the country and then we're working with a network of personal trainers grief counselors um some spiritualists as well um and some life coaches and to help people get back on track so when people have lost somebody they've got somebody they can come and talk to and we're also trying to tackle it before it happens with the celebrants by going in and with the funeral plans and I'm sure some of your viewers will have been contacted by funeral plan companies and some of them will have funeral plans in place a typical funeral plan company comes along and they say right what sort of funeral do you want do you want one car two cars blah 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 okay it's going to cost you three thousand five hundred pounds let's get that paid and off we go we've changed that completely number one we're the only company that's actually going to give the customers their money back if they survive 15 years. So that's our generosity back to them. We still pay for their funeral as well. Mm-hmm. But number two, we will not let anybody sign up for the money back after 15 years until we've heard from them that they've spoken to their family and they've spoken with their family because a typical salesperson employee will be, oh, you don't need to talk to your children about this. Let's just sign it and let's just get it done. Oh, you don't need to talk to your wife. let just make the payment and on it goes we say no none of that nonsense we want you to talk to your family to talk to your wife to talk to your husband to talk to your children we want you to explain to them what your wishes are when you die so that when it does happen they're not you know they they know what they want you know i don't want uncle ted there because uncle ted used to really annoy me i don't want auntie julie there because auntie julie was a bit she wore the same dress at me as the wedding so You know, whichever, whatever it is, that person's choosing their funeral. And everybody goes, well, you know, we spoke to them about it. It's what they wanted. And there's a sense of peace about that. So we are doing something beforehand and we're trying to do something afterwards. And we're trying to get people, I've been at, this is my third or fourth podcast, radio show or so on. Uh, We're trying to get people to start talking about that conversation now. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, I I think it's so important. It really is. And I think, you know, now is a really good time to be launching something like this especially after the pandemic or we're still living through a pandemic but i mean there are loads of people out there who have kind of been robbed of funeral time because of covid uh-huh. um, you know and not being able to have proper gatherings and that that is changing now every day because we're allowed to have more and more people to come to, to services like funerals so mm-hmm. i think now is the time to address that because you know Um, it just needs to be spoken about doesn't it
1: you know definitely yeah well funny enough one of the services that we have been doing and we're working with quite a few funeral directors and celebrants is contacting people who've lost somebody during lockdown who has been cremated of which 96 percent of people have been and actually organizing planting ceremonies so the family haven't been able to come to the funeral and everyone's missed out we can take the ashes, put them in an acorn, put them in the ground, and everyone can come to the garden, socially distanced, of course, before I get shouted at, um, and uh, they can watch the person being planted in the ground and the tree there, and potentially it's something they could come back to every year. So every year they could come back and watch the tree growing. And that's been giving a lot of families who've missed the funerals a sense of being able to say goodbye, and also at the same time being able to say hello back to that person and remembering them. Yeah. And uh, having some time to actually keep those memories alive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is so important. It it really is. And, um, you know, as I said, there's thousands and thousands of people at the moment who feel that they have been basically robbed. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's the same when they look at they turn on the TV, I mean, you know, God rest his soul. Prince Philip died um, a few weeks ago in April, which which was a tremendous event across all media. And I think mm-hmm. it highlights, doesn't it, to, to people who've actually suffered loss during yeah. this time, just how um, you know that they can't shout about their loved one or their member of family because you know they don't have that sort of influence for a start and I just think yeah you know, it kind of makes matters worse in a way so you know I think by having a grief network I think you this this is a really good thing moving forward so you've been talking about putting it all across the UK haven't you
1: yes I mean that's obviously it's a, it's a tall order um and one of the first things I found is how many people there are actually out there um but it's kind of like word of mouth I mean I I've, I've lost two people I've lost a few people actually within the last couple of years at no point has anyone said to me would you like to speak to a brief counsellor would you like to speak to a life coach would you like to speak to x y or z and I think that's if You can imagine the average layperson. I mean, I, I, I can use computers pretty well. If you look at the average person, maybe in their 60s or 70s, who can't, you can maybe Google and look at somebody. But I mean, where's, where's the ratings? I don't know if, if you get a um, typically a trust pilot rating for a uh, for a grief counsellor. You know, this this person was great, the tissues were really soft, it was great, they put their arm around me, and I mean, it doesn't happen, so you're it's pretty much word of mouth. And if you don't know somebody who knows a a grief counsellor. Uh, the the one thing that people have said, oh, why have you got personal trainers in there? Well, the personal trainer uh, angle came about, I met a personal trainer in the West Midlands, a, a girl called, um, I can't remember her damn name now, you'll have to forgive me on that one, I'll come back to everybody, I'm 52 years of age, I've lost my marbles, so forgive me. Uh, but um, she said to me, she's had three customers in the last six months, and two of them said the same thing, that if it hadn't have been for her weekly lessons and personal training, they wouldn't be here now. And she literally gave them a structure to get them back onto the feet. There were women who'd lost their husbands, uh, one through cancer and one through COVID. And their life had fallen apart. The, the, their loved one, uh, their soulmate, had suddenly gone from this earth. And the one was in the 40s, one was in the 50s. And they didn't know what to do. They couldn't. They were getting up in the morning and they just didn't know that even though they were going to work, they were, they were going through work with almost in a state of shock. And suddenly uh, she was going around to them and sitting with them in the mornings and then doing a personal training session with them. And she was quite firm on them. And she was like, right, you will do this every day. You will do that every day and you will come back and you will have lost two pounds and you will be able to lift this kettlebell next time and do 10 squats. And they were coming back and they said, literally, you gave me the reason to get up every day and to do that. And so she contacted me and said i want to be part of this and so now i've contacted other personal trainers with very similar stories and there's a lot of the personal trainers are life coaches as well so the two seem to go hand in hand quite well and so if there are any grief counselors or personal trainers or life coaches or anybody like that who wants to get in touch with me uh, you can ring the office and please we'll put you down on there it doesn't cost a penny this is a completely free service i wouldn't hold myself up as a philanthropist just yet um, but uh, I, it is something that we want to do. We don't want to make money out of this. We want to put this group of people who are suffering with this group of people who can help, and that's all we want to do with this. And it'll just be a list, so people will tap in their postcodes and it will tell them within a certain radius who they can get in touch with and who we recommend for them to get in touch with.
0: Yeah, I, I think that that that's a great thing to do. It really is. I mean, as I said, it, it it's something that we just don't talk about enough as well. And you know, it's something that also it just becomes part of you. I mean, obviously, it's really early days for you. I mean, uh-huh. I got my mum six years ago and my dad sixteen years ago. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, it it just it becomes a part of you. And that once you Kind of get around one corner you think oh you know i'm feeling better now and then you can be crying into the apples in waitrose you know it's
1: yeah it's that well, I, it happens it's saturday mornings with me funnily enough my dad loved his horse racing and even though i lived in america for a long time i still used to phone up i used to get up extra early with the time difference in america And I used to phone him and I used to look on my, uh, well, it was a Blackberry at the time, so that's showing my age. But I used to look at the horse racing that day and we used to talk about what horses we were going to pick. And that was, I don't think I missed a weekend in probably 20 years. And I still now, I look at the racing on a Saturday morning and I go to pick up my phone, to pick up the phone, to chat with him. And I haven't got him to chat with. And then we'd talk about the cricket and the football. And I always remember him saying, you know, my God, these overpaid footballers, they can't even put that ball in the back of the bloody net. He was northern. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> it wasn't a bad accent.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, and so we used to, you know, we used to chat. And my Saturday mornings now, it's funny, I'll, still, I'll always carry that on. And I still put a bet on now. And I kind, of whisper, I kind of talk to him as I'm putting the bet on. I will say, and if he can hear me up there, he still hasn't brought me any bloody luck. So, if anyone thinks that the the afterlife can help, he's well, mind you, he's actually he's true to form because he couldn't pick a winner when he was alive. But um, you know, it is that bit, and it, it's it that kind of helps me. But at the same time, it just makes me sad every Saturday morning. I sit there and I think, I used to love those times. of and that was that real father-son bonding time, and I miss that. And I mean, I'm I suppose I'm you know I'm lucky in a sense. I have suffered with mel- mental health issues in my life, as I think most people. If every if people are honest, pe- everyone. Suffers with some some form of mental cool. health.
0: Of course, and there shouldn't be stigma around it. No,
1: know. and you should just be able to talk about it. I think grief is one of those things where people are too frightened to say that the grieving. It's almost like it's showing as a weakness, and I don't think it is. I think grieving's a, grieving's a strength with somebody because it shows you've got the ability to love somebody and to lose them. Mm. Um, and I think the people who don't grieve and actually express that loss they're the ones that then hold it in and it manifests in some other way further down the line. So that conversation is so important to have. I think it's, I always used to say when I was at school, nobody at school gets taught how to pay bills. Nobody at school gets taught how to have a child and to maybe have a child at the right time. And if you go back to the child analogy, when the minute you have a child, everyone's around for a few days afterwards and then suddenly everyone disappears and you're on your own and, Death's the same thing. We never get taught about death. Nobody ever says, just to let you know, by the way, everybody you know, at some point is going to die. I know it sounds a bit morbid, but that's how you tackle things is by talking about them. Yeah. And I think if you can remove that stigma and people can say, well, do you know what? I'm actually, I've had a great life. And you, you hear people saying, oh, I've had a, he's had a great innings. And that's true, people have. And that, that time has come. And so people should be able to sit back and look with happiness enjoy what that person did have and then they that person's maybe up above the maybe not depending on what your beliefs are but you then live your life not grieving about that previous person because if we all grieve about people we love the whole world will come to a standstill
0: absolutely it would and I think you know I mean you know I like to think I've got two children that I'm it's I'm leaving them some sort of legacy and one of the legacies is to be able to stand on your own two feet and um, live life to the full, you know, as I am trying to do now. So I think, I think that's just so important, isn't it, you know?
1: Well, funny enough, mentioning legacies, um, the one of our celebrity clients who we can talk about because he's doing a video for us, so he's doing an advert in America uh, from the rock group Kansas is the drummer of Kansas, uh, a guy called Philly e. Hart. He loves the idea and actually Kansas, the band are buying a plot of land in Kansas to turn into a memorial park so that rock fans can actually have their ashes placed under a tree in the Kansas Eternity Tree Memorial Park which is a bit of a mouthful but I managed. I'll put my teeth back in afterwards. Uh, These are somebody else's Uh, and uh, he actually wants to be turned into a hickory tree Hmm. so that when he dies and after 15-20 years branches of the tree can be taken off and they can be turned into drumsticks so that his grandchildren can follow in his legacy and become rock drummers like he was. And that's just the most amazing story. And he's he's talked to his children and he's talked to one of his grandchildren as well. So the other ones are too young and said, you know what, this makes me happy. So when I die, just think I'm actually gonna be giving you the opportunity to be able to play the drums with my ashes. And I think that's just a phenomenal story.
0: Yeah, I think it's a really phenomenal story. It's, it's a lovely story, isn't
1: it? Part of what we do is we donate certain money to charity. Uh, some is to a charity called the Chelsea and Bruce Foundation, who are two funeral directors who both lost children. And that's, uh, cha- that's a foundation that gives money to raise awareness of teenage suicide, uh, which is uh, the rates of suicide, particularly in this country. Uh, uh, Hi. Hi. The phenomenal... And I, I, I heard a comedian a comedian called Jim Jeffries, if you've heard of him, making a joke about it, saying that we're, we're, we're supposed to be the Western world. There's more suicides in this country than in some of the worst states in Africa, where if you make it through the day with having one grain of rice, you're lucky. There's more depression and suicide in this country than there is in a country run by our warlords and dictated by starvation so we give some money to a teenage cancer a teenage suicide charity and then we are also going to be donating to research for dementia Um, because in 10-15 years time dementia will probably be the biggest cause of death in this country Uh, and still there's very little known about it very little research done on it and um, so it's something we want to do so you know, we want to help, but as a company we're here, we've got, I have the most phenomenal staff uh, in this company who are always there just to talk to somebody. People just want to pick up the phone. You don't have to buy a tree, you just pick up the phone and chat if you want to. There's always somebody at the end of the phone to chat. Hopefully they won't get me because I don't shut up, as you probably found out over the last 30, 35 minutes. <laughs> uh, yes. But, um, no, I
0: mean, it is good to talk. It's definitely good to talk, especially when, you know, it's something as... Um, as to the heart, of, as for everybody, really, isn't it? You know, death, yes. so we, it, it's a sure part of life is death. So, you know, you yes. really need to be able to talk about it. I think it's important, definitely. I, and I I'd like to So I think, you know, you're doing an amazing thing by, you know, creating this grief network for people to, you know, feel it, also feel it as, as it grows as well. I think people, more and more people will feel a part of it. Well, Ashley, thank you very much for your time today and thank you for coming. Thank you. In. Yeah, and it, it's been really good to talk to you about it. So
1: It has, it has. I, I appreciate it very much and uh, thank you for the job that you're doing.
0: This is a For The Now Media production.